Our first question will go to the incumbent. How would you bring jobs back to the 14th district? That's a great question, Carl. Thank you for asking it. It's the first thing I think of when I wake up in the morning, and it's the last thing I think of when I go to bed. Jobs in North Carolina mean what? A strong North Carolina, and a strong North Carolina means a strong America, and that, my friends, is how we're gonna do it. Everybody wants to rule the world. The reason I use that sound clip there is uh, pretty self-evident by what we witnessed this week. Everybody in the Democrat Party wants to be the president. Everybody wants to rule the world. Yep, and uh, open up that clip from the the campaign because every every answer to every question in the two uh, Democratic debates was the answers were about as stupid as that answer was from the movie campaign. And we'll, uh, we'll get into that, but not in the second half, because I'm always going to do the week chronologically as I always do. So I got to talk about the first part before I talk about the second part. But before I do, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk to me but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding uh, logo, and uh, it'll take you to my uh, my uh, finance page, and it'll, uh, you can put in all the information you want. Tell me how much information you want back. That way, we don't have to talk verbally. You don't have to get embarrassed, you know, about your situation. You know, I had I had one lady. I, t- I told her I was going to talk about her on the radio. She said, hey, talk about me all you want. Just don't use my name. All right, so she calls me up and she goes, "I need a, I need some help with a commercial loan," and uh, you know, okay, I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her. I, I refer my commercial loans out to a guy that used to be part of our company, and, I, and so I, I refer him out. And I, I get involved with part of it and and do the re- and you know, I kind of hand it off, and I go, "I'll talk to her," and and so we uh, we talk, and she goes, "Well, you know, I got this property. It's worth." A million and a quarter, and I owe six fifty on it. And there's a, a there's a balloon note coming up on June thirtieth. I go, well, it's kind of kind of waited kind of long. She goes, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a, uh, a, a current appraisal for it for this other company. Well, uh, okay, so obviously she had some problems with that, and then 
then she says, well, then I'll tell you, I have the, the, the building next door, which is really even bigger. And we have a, we have, a, we use part of that one and it's even bigger. So it's probably worth a little bit more. And, uh, and then I said, uh, well, where do you live? And she gives me her address. Go, she goes, well, what's that place worth? Well, probably 2 million. Well, Zillow, Zillow and Redfin say it's worth between 2 million and, and 2.2, and 2.6 million. She owes 39,000 on it. And, uh, and I got this place up in Mammoth and it's worth a half a million and it's free and clear. And then I got this other place in Santa Monica and it's free and clear, uh, you know, a commercial property. And then I got this, uh, these couple of rental properties in, uh, San Fernando Valley and they're worth, uh, I don't know, between five and 600. I owe 200 on one and 300 on the other, but I just don't have any money. And I said, you know what? Sounds to me like you're a gazillionaire and, uh, you just haven't filed your taxes currently cause you're arguing with IRS over something happened in 2015. Why don't we just clean you up and get you a regular loan? Anyway, uh, I've completely changed her attitude about life because I said, you know what, you're you're 68 years old and uh, you don't have any kids except for a uh, except for a uh, a dog or a cat. And I said, so either you're gonna need to adopt me, so you so when you pass, you leave it all to me, or let's get some of this 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 equity liquid and spend it while you're alive and and still thinking clear and healthy. And uh, so we're best buds now. And uh, she's liking that that rich lifestyle better than the poor lifestyle because uh, she wasn't liquid yet. So she's getting liquid, and the lady's got good credit too. And she really just was arguing with IRS, needed someone to help her out. So, uh, so I got my tax guy helping her, and uh, everything's everything's gonna be honky dory. I love changing people's lives like that. But if you don't want the embarrassment of talking to me, go to edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding thing, put all your information, tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear hear back from me either by email or text or smoke signals or we'll call you or we'll, you know, uh, hey, I'll 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 put a message on your beeper or something, and uh, you'll hear back from either me or one of my talented teammates, uh, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Aaron Fredericks, Cody Bradbury, or Brian Goodman, and uh, we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle love to change people's lives you know and and, uh and one one exciting thing i was doing for this particular uh client um on reverse mortgage she's 68 she's got a 2.4 million dollar house owes 39 million 39,000 on it uh we're gonna do a reverse mortgage on her house and uh get her a million dollars cash out no payments for the rest of her life i mean as long as you don't have anybody to leave the equity to you might as well just might as well just uh you know live on it so I'm still going to have her adopt me too. So, uh, so anyway, all things are good. And this is not, this is not a one-time thing. I've been in this business for 30 years. I do this stuff all the time. So, uh, it's just, this is the latest, really life-changing one I did. So anyway, if you need to get in touch with me, 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding. If you're something on the show you want repeated also on edhoffman.net, there's the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free, have it download to you. You can uh, have it download to your, uh, your phone or your computer, or your iPad, or your iPod, or your mini pad, or your maxi pad, or whatever you uh, listen to, uh, to podcasts on and, uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, uh, where if you follow me, you got to see a lot of, uh, comments this week. Um, the main event Facebook is, uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And uh, listener hotline, 855-640-2092. 
Um, I'll try to remember the beginning of the first half to play one of the one of the comments that we got. So anyway, uh, let's talk about what's happened this week. This week, start out President Trump pulling back on ICE raids. Remember, there's supposed to be a bunch of ICE raids last Monday, and uh, they're going to come in and take people that who'd already been deported that, I don't know, maybe they didn't show up for their deportment. I guess, I guess in this country, we want to be, we, it's kind of like saying, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to, you committed murder. We're going to, uh, sentence you to, uh, to life. We're going to, or we're going to sentence you to death, but we're going to let you live for another 20 years on our dime before we do that. So, uh, so you can have time to, uh, think about it and your family to be miserable. We don't, we don't want to pull the bandaid off really fast. Let's, let's take it one hair at a time so you can enjoy the pain longer and then we'll, try to figure out how to run up some lawyer bills in the process and some, some tax bills. And, uh, we'll figure out how to do that. So apparently, uh, Hey, you're being deported cause you broke the law. You shouldn't be here anyway. And, uh, come back here next Tuesday and uh, the bus will be out in front of the courthouse and people don't show up. So they were going to do an ice raid and go pick all those people up and send a bunch of people out. And I don't know, I don't know what it is about. Hey, telling everybody, Hey, we're going to do an ice raid. We're going to go get all those people. Or if somebody, just leaked it out, whatever. I would have canceled it too because everybody, because you had Gavin Newsom and the mayor of all the sanctuary cities and uh, Mayor Garcetti or whatever his name is, the mayor of uh, of uh, Los Angeles and every other bozo Democrat in the country uh, warning people, you don't have to answer the door when they knock on the door Monday morning. You don't have to do this. You have to do that. You know what? This should be considered uh, uh, illegal to block the enforcement of laws and they should put the mayors and the mayors of Oakland and Los Angeles, they should put them in jail. So that's, that's how I feel. You know, I could be wrong, but it's rare if it happens. So, uh, so, uh, so Trump started out pulling back on the ice raids in the 10 major cities that had been planned for Sunday, Sunday morning. I thought it was Monday morning announcing via Twitter. He would delay the raids for two weeks to give Congress a chance to create a real solution to the border crisis. Apparently, I, I figured, hey, you know what? He he delayed it, and then he's just going to start it two days later and not tell anybody. Um, apparently, this is all, but apparently I was wrong. This is apparently according to Nancy Pelosi. According to the White House press office, Trump and Pelosi spoke at 7.20 p.m. last Friday, last Friday night for 12 minutes. Can you imagine having a conversation with Pelosi for 12 minutes? I can't stand to play a 30-second clip of her. Anyway, so... The next morning, the president tweeted this at the request of Democrats. I have delayed the illegal immigration removal process, also known as deportation for two weeks to see if the Democrats and Republicans can get together and work out a solution to the asylum and loophole problems at the Southern border. If not deportation start. All right. Can they work out? Can they work out the a solution to the loopholes? Let me guess. No, it's because they don't want to work out anything. They just want to be able to call the, call Trump a humanitarian, uh, inhumane kind of person. Although Pelosi tweeted a message of gratitude to the president, she said at an event in New York that the, ra- that the raids, also known as enforcing the law, would be animalistic, appalling, and outside the circle of human behavior. In fact, why enforce the law at all? In terms of interior enforcement, what is the, per- you know, what, what's the point, you know, well, I won't even go into what the motivation might be for that. Oh, uh, what? Uh, what is the purpose of, uh, of the inside enforcement? Uh, uh, I don't know what, what the motivation for enforcing the law would be. You know what? 
why is this lady still working? Why is you know we should put a we should we should put a you know a, an expiration date on some people. You know what? Hey, best if used before she turns a hundred, and this lady's got to be a hundred and twelve. Um, I know, I know. According to her birth birth record, she's like seventy eight, but uh, all evidence to the contrary. I think she's one hundred and twelve. So on Tuesday, Pelosi's Pelosi's house passed a bill to spend four point five billion in humanitarian aid to to send to the border. Uh, how much were we looking for for uh, the wall? Was it five billion, or was it eight billion? I think it was five billion. I think it was five billion that we shut the border down over. Well, they they're spent four and a half billion for humanitarian aid to the border. Reportedly, the bill only passed after Democratic leaders toughened the restrictions on the money to win over the liberal colleagues. You know the the AOC, the Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and Elon Omar crowd who were skeptical that the money would uh oh my god go to border security can't have that so tuesday morning democrats in support of the bill urged their colleagues to support it here's democrat veronica escobar of texas explaining why more liberal house members are suspicious despite the fact that the numbers are up this challenge and it is a tremendous challenge it's a challenge of resources it's a challenge of will it's a challenge of policy but it became a crisis under the iron grip of Donald Trump. And it became a crisis because the administration is intent on eroding asylum protections and incarcerating as many people, including children, incarcerating as many people as possible. That is why members of the Democratic Party greet Many bills having to do with immigration or appropriations of the Department of Homeland Security with suspicion and with caution. You know, what's amazing to me is so much talk about how Trump is is putting kids in cages and and separating kids from their parents. I don't know. I mean, I mean, where does that come from? What what else are you supposed to do with what else are you supposed to do with people that come across the border that the Democrats won't let them seal? I mean, let's think about it. You live in a fifteen hundred square foot, three bedroom, two bath house. Your wife and you, you and your wife, or you and your husband, and maybe one of your adult kids, or maybe you got two little kids living there. You used to use you put your kids in one bedroom. You're in one bedroom, and you got the other bedroom filled with uh, the kid that moved out stuff. Or maybe you made it into an office or whatever, and uh, twelve illegal immigrants come through, come hang out in your yard. What are you doing with the? Where are you going to put those twelve Ill- illegal immigrants? All right, you could stay here. You could stay here, but where are you going to put them? You got one bedroom left. Hold on, let me let me clean out the uh, the spare room, and uh, let's see. We could put three beds in there, I guess, if you guys don't need a place for a dresser or a desk to do your homework, or uh, I, maybe we could put f- three sets of bunk beds. Nah, probably two sets of bunk beds and a single bed. There's five of you. Um, we've got a couch and a love seat in the living room. Okay, there's there's one and a half of you. Uh, so that takes care of uh, five, six and a half. Uh, what do you do with the other five and a half people? Um... I guess you set them up in the backyard on your patio. You 
you go down to Home Depot and get some uh, some some tents or something, and you put them in the backyard, and you get some uh, some. So what if you have a little lot? You don't have a. I have a half acre at my house, so I could uh, I could probably put more people in uh, set up in my backyard than you than some of you can. But let's say that you only have a a little small lot, and uh, maybe some of it has a swimming pool in it, so you don't really have that much room in the back. Where do you put them? We're talking about a million, two million people coming over the border last since Trump's been in there. Where do we put these people? And if you're putting these people in a in adult uh, in adult place, you can't in an adult uh, detainment center. You can't put their kids with them. Where do you guys suggest? Well, you put them in uh, some kind of a facility. I played the Candace Owens tape about the facility uh, that she saw in Florida but you that is really nice and set up with soccer fields and volleyball courts and zumba classes and arts and cla- arts and crafts and phones and all that stuff um but what do you do with these people and the kids you don't want the kids getting away cuz their parents are over in the other place you want to make sure that they're safe they don't get away what do you what do you do well you put a chain link fence around them so if they're standing by the fence you take a picture of them look they're in cages I asked one of my kids, hey, when you went to elementary school, there was a big chain link fence around the whole school schoolyard. Does that mean you were in a cage if we, if you looked at, hey, took a picture of you through the chain link fence playing playing soccer or, uh, or uh, baseball or dodgeball or whatever? Were you in a cage or was there just a chain link fence around the schoolyard? That's not a cage. It's just a chain link fence. Amazing to me. You know, and also this week, the Mexican government confirmed that they know that there's ISIS members from Iraq and Egypt headed for the headed for their border, presumably to cross the United into the United States. The Mexican government knows that. They admitted it. Trump says he knows it. We all know it. We all know that that's happening. The Democrats want to deny it and say Trump is inventing this crisis. I don't know. What, is there any common sense going on out there? Hello? Anyway, that's what I think. So uh, let's go on to my our next subject. Uh, uh, Robert Mueller. Are we done with this yet? No, apparently not. We thought the Russia investigation was over. We thought Robert Mueller wasn't going to testify. We thought he was going to retire from public life. We never, you know, never to be heard of again. That's when his report was released in April. It was supposed to be the final word that the president did not commit obstruction of justice. In fact, Mueller even said this. Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. I am making that decision myself. No one has told me whether I can or should testify or speak further about this matter. There has been discussion about an appearance before Congress. Any testimony from this office would not go beyond our report. But here we are in the final week of June. We just found out that Mueller will testify after all. Uh, In two back-to-back hearings on July 17th before the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees. uh, Because liberals just can't help themselves and listen to the reaction of CNN and MSNBC. This is uh, what the American people have been waiting for since the Mueller report was released to us in the form that we got. He's going to speak in front of two committees on the same day 
That's a lot. The nine-minute appearance was the, the trailer for, for the movie we're about to see. I think it's big. I think it's a real breakthrough for the, uh, the Congress, for the House. I think it could really define the remainder of the Trump presidency. Could really define the remainder of the Trump presidency. You guys, you guys are getting, you guys are getting all Twitter pated about something that just ain't gonna happen. Because remember, Mueller has to go up there and and listen to the Weeble Jerry Nadler uh, try to uh, impose his words into Mueller's into Mueller's mouth. He's gonna try and try and say, "Well, didn't you say this? And didn't you say that? Didn't you mean this?" And uh, then as soon as as soon as Nadler's done and all his other bozos, Sheila Jackson Lee and all these other other uh, moron Democrats who uh, who just can't get over themselves. As soon as they're done, in's going to come Jim Jordan and uh, all these other all these other uh, Republicans that are going to ask him, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said you couldn't say for sure he didn't. Obstruct justice. Well, doing obstruction of justice mean there had to be a crime? And you said there was no crime. You couldn't find any evidence that there was a crime committed by him or anybody associated with him or his campaign. But when it came to obstruction of justice, you couldn't say, we couldn't ever say that we actually exonerated him from not not obstructing justice. But doesn't obstructing justice have to have to imply that there was some kind of justice that needed to be done, which means there had to be a crime. There's going to be some people that are talking common sense that are going to come in and counteract that. So get over it, PMSNBC. Rachel Maddow. Don Lamont. All you morons out there. And if listening to Robert Mueller himself isn't your thing, don't worry. Uh, you can hear the Mueller report in the form of dramatic reading by a bunch of arrogant Hollywood people, Democrats, celebrities. The investigation, a search for the truth in 10 acts. A star-studded dramatic reading of section of the report was adapted by a Manhattan playwright for the live performance this week. Some of the cast of characters can t- uh, include President Trump, played by John Lithgow. You know, the Harry and the Hendersons guy. Um, FBI Director James Comey, played by Justin Long. Uh, Justin Long of Dell Computer Commercial fame. I think he was in something more. Oh, yeah, Dodgeball. He was the the male cheerleader in Dodgeball. Oh, yeah, he was the waiter waiter who uh, was offered the assistant manager in waiting. And uh, some other other dramatic... uh, Awesome movies. I think he was in Saturday Night Live a couple of times. Robert Mueller, played by Kevin Klein. I'm really disappointed in Kevin Klein because I like Kevin Klein. But uh, this, I guess this proves that Kevin Klein is a Democrat or really needs the money. Uh, Michael Shannon as White House counsel Don McGahn. I can't think of Michael, who Michael Shannon is. I Googled him, and apparently he's been in a lot of, a lot of uh, movies that I've seen. And I just can't, even I look at a picture of him and I go, I just can't place him. Just can't really place who he is. Alfre Woodard as Hope Hicks. Well, Alfre Woodard's a black lady, uh, and I know and I know who she is. She's in a lot of movies, and I she was the she was the judge in uh, Primal Fear. She's in she's in a whole bunch of movies. She's a good actress, but she's playing Hope Hicks. Eh. Hope Hicks is white. Eh. Okay, well it's a it's it's a reading, so I guess it doesn't matter. Seinfeld's uh, Jason Alexander as Governor Chris Christie. And I think of Jason Alexander as uh, Jack Black's buddy in uh, 
in uh, Shallow Hal. Uh, Broadway actor Joel Gray as Jeff Sessions. Uh, old guy playing old guy. Uh, ben McKenzie from the show Gotham, which I've never watched, as Donnie Jr. And the whole mess was narrated by Annette Benning. I'm really, I'm really uh, disappointed in Annette Benning. I used to like her, but uh, apparently not anymore. Here's a taste of it. Obstruction of justice. According to Comey's account, at one point during the dinner, the president stated... I need loyalty. You will always get honesty from me. That's what I want. Honest loyalty. And if it's what you say, I love it. Especially later in the summer. This is terrible, Jeff. It's all because you recused. If we had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said that. They did their job. Robert Mueller did his job. The question is, will we do ours? Amazing how they take the written word and infle- and, and put in their, their voice inflection and tone and all that stuff. We've discussed that before. Anyway, I'm out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be right back and we'll talk about the debates. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman. Summit Funding. If you need uh, real estate financing, refinances, purchases, get your kid to buy a house, get them out of your uh, extra room, reverse mortgages, call me 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. That's one last time, 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net, click on Summit Funding uh, logo. And tell me what you want. Tell me what you want to know about, you know, I don't talk about real estate and financing because it's, unless you're in the market, just not that, not that exciting. But I will tell you, um, interest rates are really low now and they're, and they're going, they're going lower. Um, so rates are really good. Um, so if you're thinking about, if you have thought about refinancing, give me a call. Um, and, or if you thought about as the rates go down, Reverse mortgages, you actually get more money out of your reverse mortgage um, because the, it's based on what the rate is when you start it. it it's a it's an algorithm of of uh, your age, the value of your house, and the interest rate. Lower the interest rate, the the higher the dollar amount you get to start with. So uh, also the uh, if you have a comment on the show, um, if I've if I made you mad or made you happy, or if you just have a comment. Uh, call the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. And uh, this time I'm actually remembering I might even uh, play a piece of your voicemail like this one. Yeah, I don't want to see all those candidates debating all at once. That is going to be a circus. It's going to be nasty. I mean, how the heck can you tell? I want to see them relaxed and, you know, raw individually or like a few at a time, not bunched up in a circus uh platform well you don't get to choose this you got the circus platform we got to see it this week wednesday and thursday night and uh but i do agree um i don't want to see them in this circus thing but you know i don't really want to see them at all because they're all morons um as as i'm going to demonstrate right now 20 of the 23 candidates for the president president uh candidates for presidency qualified for the first round of the primary debates the other three hey who didn't qualify who cares? Um, which the uh, the debate spanned two nights this week, broadcast on NBC from Miami. That means NBC, 
MSNBC, PMSNBC, CNBC, and anything else that has an NBC behind it, including NBC.com and all those other .coms. The candidates for the night one on Wednesday were uh, Bill de Blasio, uh, who my wife calls Big Bird because he's tall and he looks like a bird and... uh, and he's he just he's big and yellow and he has a big beak. Um, Tim Ryan, uh, Julian Castro, who is a uh, Obama uh, carbon copy, uh, except for he's uh, Hispanic and he's from Texas. And uh, I told the story of when he was speaking at the mortgage bankers thing, and he just he's a carbon copy of Obama. Talks like Obama. He probably was the winner of it because if you never heard of him, at least you got a a taste of he at least talks kind of intelligent, although and nothing he says is intelligent. He just kind of talks coherent, let's say. Cory Booker, who didn't do anything for himself or against himself. Elizabeth Warren, the the sweetheart of at least the first half. I think she ran out of gas after the first half, and then she was quiet. Beto O'Rourke, who, who babbled idiocy the whole night. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, who I don't think she hurt herself or helped herself. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Congress lady from uh, Hawaii. Uh, Jay Inslee, you think he's uh, the uh, the governor or former governor of Washington? And John Delaney, I don't even remember what he was. He had a few good lines, but uh, nothing that I can remember because, quite frankly, they were all idiots. Um, although NBC had some embarrassing technical difficulties halfway through the debate by leaving producer Mike's uh, on after the commercial, which president tweeted about, um, which I didn't think was that big of a deal. Uh, started out in the typical fashion with everyone going over the allotted time to introduce themselves. Then predictably, the first question went to Elizabeth Warren. You have many plans, free college, free childcare, government health care, cancellation of student debt, new taxes, new regulations, the breakup of major corporations. Mm-hmm. But this comes at a time when 71% of Americans say the economy is doing well, including 60% of Democrats. What do you say to those who worry this kind of significant change could be risky to the economy? So I think of it this way. Who is this economy really working for? It's doing great for a thinner and thinner slice at the top. It's doing great for giant drug companies. It's just not doing great for people who are trying to get a prescription filled. It's doing great for people who want to invest in private prisons, just not for the African-Americans and Latinx whose families are torn apart, whose lives are destroyed, and whose communities are ruined. It's doing great for giant oil companies that want to drill everywhere, just not for the rest of us who are watching climate change bear down upon us. When you've got a government, when you've got an economy, that does great for those with money and isn't doing great for everyone else, that is corruption, pure and simple. We need to call it out, we need to attack it head on, and we need to make structural change in our government, in our economy, and in our country. Well, let's just diagnose that that right off the cuff comment that she made. It didn't sound like she practiced it at all. I'm sure she says that same line over and over and over. Yeah, the economy's doing great. People are working, blah, 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 blah. But who's it doing great for? Well, I don't know. The uh, the uh, unemployment rate's like, what, 2.6 or something? It's it's pretty darn low, or 3.6. I don't know, whatever it is. It's, it's lower than it's been in uh, like 50, 60 years. 
Um, who's it good for? Well, everybody who's working, I think. Um, you know, it's great for private for for drug companies, but not for people who are trying to get their prescription filled. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You know what? Did you drive to work or did you take your lunch? I don't know. You're talking two different things. It, you know, the economy is doing great for drug companies because they're they're making money, which means they're hiring people. And but the people who can't get their prescriptions filled has nothing to do with the economy. It has to do with you guys completely, you know, dis dismantled the healthcare system with Obamacare. And you screwed everything up. You can't get a prescription filled anywhere. You pay. We pay our uh, insurance premiums, and they don't cover anything. Oh wait, but everybody has insurance. The insurance doesn't cover anything. Everybody has insurance. Nobody has healthcare. That has nothing. Not a damn thing to do with the economy. Wait for the private prisons. It's doing great for people who have private prisons, uh, but not for the people who's the the African American and the Hispanics, whose people, uh, who's 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 uh. Families are being torn up. I'm assuming that means by their family members being in prison. So, you know, breaking the law and the economy, I don't know what those have to do with each other. But you know what? If you don't have prisons, you don't have a place to put them. What do you do? Put them back on the street. I don't know how that. It's doing great for oil companies that want to drill everywhere, but not so good for everybody else who has low gas prices, except for California, of course. But I mean, uh, you know, the gas prices are pretty low everywhere but California and uh, and of course the oil companies are drilling which means they're hiring people to work and they're building refineries and pipelines and they're drilling um, and they're hiring people and they're giving people raises but it's not so good for the people with climate well we don't really know about climate change because we don't know a is it real B, we had a pretty cold winter, so, you know, it used to be global warming, but since it's been kind of cool, we just changed the name of it to climate change. And I think if everybody goes back and watches An Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore's movie from about 10 years ago, and see what was going to happen in 10 years, I think, you know, I've never watched the movie. I think I'm going to go watch it um, this weekend. But I think probably some of the things they predicted probably aren't really happening. So I think I'll do that, and I'll talk about that next week. But you know what? Who's it working for? It's working for everybody. So uh, Tulsi Gabbard was not having it, or at least her sister wasn't, as she was running Gabbard's Twitter account that night. Uh, and she tweeted out, It's clear who MSNBC wants to be president, Elizabeth Warren. They're giving her more than all the other candidates combined. They aren't giving any time to Tulsi at all. Signed V, Tulsi's sister. So uh, I think that was true in the first hour, the first half hour. And then uh, Warren ran out of her her uh, practice line, so she probably signaled to him, I don't know what to say, so don't give me no more questions. And it wouldn't be a Democrat primary debate if, if uh, one-third of the candidates didn't attempt to pander by answering questions in Spanish. The first to jump in, not surprisingly, was Beto O'Rourke. Question, some Democrats want a marginal individual tax rate of 70%. If you support, would you support that? And if not, what would your top individual tax rate be? Beto's answer? This economy has got to work for everyone. And right now we know that it isn't. And it's going to take all of us coming together to make sure that it does. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en el éxito de esta economía. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada votar, ca cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. 
I was driving home from work listening on uh, uh, Sirius XM, and that was like the second question because I got home before the uh, before the third question, and I'm going, "Come on, am I listening to a debate for president of the United States?" And I'm listening to, to this. I said, and then he started talking in English again. I go, "Did did did XM just?" blend me into the Spanish channel or was he really speaking Spanish? Cause I couldn't see, I didn't have a picture obviously in the, in my radio in the car. Uh, but I walked in, yep, he was speaking Spanish. So I don't know who, who it works for, but apparently 71%, according to, uh, the, uh, moderator in the first question, 71%, including 60% of Democrats, uh, think that the economy is doing pretty damn good. So how do you guys expect, that you're going to get everybody to to vote that out. And if 60% of Democrats actually admitted they thought the economy was doing good, that means probably 85% of Democrats really do, but they're just not going to answer that in a in a uh in a uh in a in a in a poll. They're they're never going to admit that. Um the first one to launch into Spanish must have been the first the being the first one to launch into Spanish must have been Cory Booker's plan because the look he gave Beto could kill. Um, you know, he, he got his turn to speak Spanish as did, uh, Julian Castro who attacked Beto for being hesitant to totally de- decriminalize illegal border crossings. How dare he? I, I just think it's a mistake, Bethel. I think it's a mistake. And I think that, that if you truly want to change the system, then we got to repeal that section. If not, Thank you. then it so might as well be the same oh, policy. Let me, let me respond to this very briefly. Since Actually, as a member of Congress, I helped to introduce legislation that would ensure that we don't criminalize those who are seeking asylum. Yeah, uh, we're going to decriminalize uh, illegal crossings because you're seeking asylum. You know, somebody, I don't remember who said it, but I tweeted out, decriminalize desperation. Desperation should be decriminalized. Uh, so if you're in desperate straits financially and you go into the bank and hold it up and in the process you kill somebody, but you were desperate because you didn't have any money to pay your house payment and you kill somebody then I guess you didn't commit a crime because you were desperate and we're going to decriminalize desperation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This, this, you know what? Trump is doing such a good job. They got to come up with something. Then Bill de Blasio attacked him for not being all in on, on Medicare for all. Private insurance is not working for tens of millions of Americans. When you talk about the co-pays, the deductibles, the premiums, the out-of-pocket expenses, it's not working. <laughs> that's How right. Can you so, so for those for whom it's not, not working, they can choose Medicare. Why are you defending private insurance? You know what? Um, what's not working? There's co-pays, there's, there's deductibles, there's out-of-pocket, there's this, there's that. You know what? That's called free market that's called capitalism that's called you know what you want some hey we've got met we you know we've got medical uh, help available but you gotta pay for it sorry you know insurance covers some of it but you gotta pay you know you gotta pay that five dollar copay or that 25 dollar copay you gotta do something you gotta pay your premiums you know what hey we should have everybody gets free gas no free cars but you still gotta pay for the gas Oh, electric cars. You still got to plug it, plug your electric car in and you got to pay your electric bill. Oh, wait, solar. Who's going to put that solar on your roof if you don't pay for it? Oh, do a hero loan. And someone's got to pay those property taxes. Oh, I rent. Okay, the pro- the 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 your landlord pays him. He's going to you're going he's going to still charge you rent. Speaking of Medicare for all, candidates were asked to put their money where their mouth was 
on that, and only two of them were willing to. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just a show of hands to start off with. All right, well. Yeah, the two that raised their hands were de Blasio and Elizabeth Warren, and the moderators were only interested in hearing from Warren. It was a contest to see who could outleft Elizabeth Warren throughout much of the debate. Here's her, de Blasio, and Washington State Governor Jay Inslee. When you've got a government, when you've got an economy that does great for those with money and isn't doing great for everyone else, that is corruption, pure and simple. We need to call it out. We need to attack it head on. And we need to make structural change in our government, in our economy, and in our country. This is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, we're supposed to be for free college, free public college for our young people. We are supposed to break up big corporations when they're not serving our democracy. This Democratic Party has to be strong and bold and progressive. It is not right that the CEO of McDonald's makes 2,100 times more than the people slinging hash at McDonald's. Who says it's not fair? Who says it's not fair? Now, what is the definition of the economy working for whoever? What is the definition of that? You know, the the uh, CEO of McDonald's employs, I don't know what, 10 million, 10 million employees from the pimple-faced high school kids that, that sling hash. What is slinging hash at McDonald's? I guess they have hash browns, but I don't think they sling any of them because they take them out of the freezer and pop them in the pop them in the uh, deep fryer. I don't think they, so I don't really know what that means, but um, what is the definition of the economy working? You, uh, you, you create an environment where the people with money uh, are making money, then they create jobs and they expand their business. They spend some of their profits on creating more locations, expanding their business, buying equipment, and then the people who make the equipment have jobs and they hire more people and they hire more people. And then the people that are making the uh, are expanding their business, hire more people for their for their uh, place, and then they uh, get more jobs and they spend it on buying houses. And then the the house uh, how, the housing builders the house builders build more houses. And then the realtors make money and the escrow people make money and the lenders make more money. You know what? That's how the economy works for everybody. And you know what? When you're a pimple faced high school kid working for minimum wage at eight dollars an hour depending on what state you're at or two dollars i started i started uh working when i was 15 lied about it said i was 16 two dollars and 15 cents an hour today in california it's uh 12 bucks an hour and uh next year i think it goes to 15. can you make a house payment on that who cares if you're an adult trying to make a house payment and you're still working that kind of a job what do you have to say for yourself? That's certainly not Trump's fault, and it's not the economy's fault, and it's not the United States of America's fault, and it's not any taxpayer's fault. Do something with your life. So anyway, uh, Democrat debate night number two was Thursday. The fun continued with 10 other candidates. Uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, flower child, uh, uh, self-help book uh uh, writer John Higginlooper. I don't remember who he is. I think he used to be a uh, Colorado pot smoking uh, governor. Andrew Yang. He's a uh, a former uh, entrepreneur or somebody. He's a space cadet. Pete Buttigieg, the uh, mayor of uh, of uh, Notre Dame, uh, uh, 
North Bend, South Bend, Indiana. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, who who tried to do anything to act like she had some intelligence. Michael Bennett and Eric Swalwell from California, who looked like a moron. And uh, unlike the first night, politeness went out the window when asked about whose health care plans included coverage for illegal uh, illegal immigrants. All 10 candidates raised their hands, and that was the last time they agreed on anything. Kamala Harris practiced this line for weeks, waiting for just the opportunity to say it. Okay, guys, you know what? America does not want to witness a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put food on their table. Oh, wasn't that cute? It was so off the cuff and it didn't sound practiced at all. Kamal Harris was the media's pick for the winner of the debate and not just because of this. It was her, her bringing up of Biden's record on busing African-American kids in the 1970s that has everyone talking because apparently Joe Biden isn't the civil rights leader you've always been told what he was, something conservatives have known for years. And it is personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race. You also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. Yeah, oh, boo-hoo, Kamala. Oh, oh, she was bused to school from a poor neighborhood to a nicer neighborhood. Oh, my God. Hey, Kamala Harris, uh, you grew up in California, and you were like three or four years younger than me. I remember being in California, went to Lakewood High School in, uh, in uh, the Long Beach area, and uh, I remember kids getting bused in, and I don't remember. There's, I graduated in a class of like, uh, I don't know, five, 600 kids. And there, I don't remember how many kids were bust in, but I remember a handful of them. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe if there's two dozen out of 600, I didn't know a lot of them, but I don't remember anybody treating them like they were any different than us. I remember one in particular that I, that I knew Charles die. We all called him Chaz. He was cool. I remember he used to walk into McDonald's and say, Hey man, I'm so cool. I could get changed for an ice cube. I mean, they were all people like us. They weren't discriminated against. It wasn't so terrible. Oh my God! Here's uh, Joe Biden's uh, Joe Biden's response. It's a mischaracterization my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true. Number one. Number two. If we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out. I left a good law firm to become a public defender. When in fact, when in fact. When, in fact, my city was in flames because of the, the uh, assassination of Dr. King. Yeah, he probably got fired from a good law firm and took a job as a public defender. But even on CNN, Biden uh, was said to look hurt, deflated, confused throughout the debate. I think his, uh, his poll lead is probably over. As for 2016 favorite Bernie Sanders, his light was looking pretty dim, too. And this time around, he's uh, not bothering to pretend he'll cut taxes for the middle class. And will you raise taxes for the middle class in the Sanders administration? People who have health care under Medicare for all will have no premiums 
No deductibles, no co-payments, no out-of-pocket expenses. Yes, they will pay more in taxes, but less in health care for what they get. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. Things aren't free. Somebody has to pay for them. We're going to pay more in taxes and pay less in health care. We're going to take money out of your... We're going to put money in your right pocket, but we're going to take money out of your left pocket. You mean nothing's free? Oh, my goodness. He, he probably doesn't even realize he, he keyed everybody into the secret. It's stupid. It's, it's amazing. Hey, I only got a couple minutes left. Let me, let me play uh, a line from Marianne Williamson. Uh, this lady's a flower child. Ms. Williamson. Yes, what Donald Trump has done to these children, and it's not just in Colorado. Governor, you're right. It is kidnapping, and it's extremely important for us to realize that. If you forcibly take a child from their parents' arms, you're kidnapping them. Yep, it's kidnapping kids to take a child from from their parents uh, from their parents' arms. So if they have to go to jail and they have to pull their kids from their parents' arm because their parents committed a crime, that's kidnapping. And we should send the kids to jail with them. See how they fare in there. And let's play one more line from uh, from uh, the flower child. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and sir, love will win. Yep, that just goes to show it. There's a couple more, uh, couple more clips I could play, but I don't think I have time to play them. I'm sure we'll be keep playing these, these bozos. Eric Swalwell of California proved himself to be the 38-year-old. Still can't, can't hit his. He still can't wipe his own butt. Um, doesn't know what he's doing. He talks like a. Like, and then and don't talk about Andrew Yang. How we're gonna pay everybody a thousand bucks, every adult a thousand bucks a month uh, to just have a thousand bucks a month, and it's gonna save the economy. We'll talk about more of that next week because I'm all out of time. So uh, again, if you want to comment, the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. I'm all out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.